Speakeasy, just one drink. Welcome to Cross the Line 1524. We're recording with a live audience as usual. Sit back, relax, and join Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, Ruben Hunt, and myself, Alan Stanger, for the Common Man's Podcast. Cross the Line 1524. Oh, yeah. Who, who's that song by, Ruben? Yeah. A gentleman by the name of Chad Allen. Famous. Famous, famous Chad Allen. Chad famous. Allen. I think the name of the group is Chad Allen and Coconut Thunder. Co- Coconut yeah. Thunder. There was some drinking yeah, going on when that was named. <laughs> yeah, there was. There was. There was actually a drink. That's actually, a, they named a drink after He's group. the most famous Key West country <laughs> singer ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The coconut what? Coconut, so, coconut thunder. thunder. Coconut thunder. Wow. So, in fact, they, they named a drink. The one tiki bar that the group played at named a drink, called it the coconut thunder. Man, we have to go to that tiki bar someday. Yes, we do. We so, do. We sounds, do. Like a, so, sounds like a good road trip. Road trip. Yes. So, road trip. So, remote recording. So, it was a Long Island iced tea. And that's all it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poured in a coconut. <laughs> no, actually, this is bad. They used to make them by the pitcher. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, that Chad Allen guy, he's pretty good, though. Not too bad. So, welcome to Cross the Line 1524. It seems like it's been ages since we've been together. It does. Yes. But it's just been two weeks. We did a couple podcasts and uh, took a week off. So, we're all back together. Everybody had a good time? Yes, good food yeah, again, good. of Great course. Time. A little traveling? Yeah, you, you've yeah. been on the road a little bit, you and yeah. your wife. Nice. Got you, went new, out, uh, you went out to the coast. Yeah, uh, South Carolina. Went out to South Carolina and seen my um, niece had a new baby, and Margie got to see her sister. And uh, I found a new beach, um, uh, Botany Bay, outside of South Carolina, down south of Charleston. Beautiful place. I suggest you get anybody to go. You're get out there. So um, that is Botany Bay, and you will love it. It's out by the Angel Oaks. So cool. Uh, get a chance to go out to Charleston. Uh, check that out. It's definitely worth the trip. Nice. Well, we we all stayed here and worked while you were out. There. Yeah, we were all slaving. Well, I'll be doing that when you guys are done. So, <laughs> so, so uh, we didn't introduce everybody, but I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Montag, and Ruben Hunt. And uh, so our topic today is Dwayne kind of came up with this topic. Dwayne, road trips, road trips. I think Dwayne and Jeff both, yeah, both kind of came up with the topic. So we've done our share. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So this is more talking about best and worst road trips and really not our road trips together because those are always good. Yes, <coughs> never I, a bad so one. Far. Never a bad one. Yeah. So far. So, so Ruben, why not, we'll start with you. Best and worst road trip. Best first. Best first. Uh, I, have a, I have a quite a few that are my best, but uh, I'd have to say the best road trip I've had so far was about uh, seven years ago. Uh, I... My wife and I took off, uh, and we just said, which way are we going to go for vacation? And we picked up a map and said, this is where we're going to go, and we ended up in, in Bar Harbor, Maine. Um, so far, I, I rate that at probably one, two, three of my trips. And, uh, Jeff Montag and Robin being on the last two trips of that top three would be great. But uh, we, uh, we took off, went north, 
went through Rochester, New York, uh, up along Lake Champlain, and then across New Hampshire into uh, Bar Harbor. Uh, Bar Harbor, Maine is beautiful. Uh, it's the first time I've been to the East Coast. Neat little town. It is a great town. Um, up, there, up there, they pronounce it Bahaba. Bahaba. Yeah, they tell you, they'll correct you too. It's Bahaba. Uh, but uh, that was probably my best trip. I had the best, and I said this in our when we did our food talk, I had the best restaurant meal ever uh, outside of Bar Harbor in a place called Fort Knox, Maine. Uh, it's right on the coast, and uh, it is very good. And uh, But if you get a chance, uh, I, I strongly suggest to take that trip across uh, across the, uh, the three few states we went through, uh, upper state New York, through uh, Lake Placid, where the 80 Olympics were. Uh, we went to a barbecue festival on the ice rink where they won the gold. Uh, oh, that's cool. It was very cool. Uh, and we got to see an amazing thing I saw on this trip too, and I thought it was really cool. Is uh, we uh, this high jump and uh, th- high jump from the Olympics? The Olympic ski jump. I didn't oh, realize cool. how big that is. Uh, but we had stopped and was going through the village, and uh, we had pulled over. Said I was looking at this apparatus here, and I thought, "What is that?" And the old gentleman got out, and he said, "Well, that's the high jump uh, for the ski jump." And the bottom of the ski jump was like 80 feet off the ground and they jumped from there across the freeway into an equestrian field which was like 150 yards away and uh, i thought that was very impressive to see because i had no idea but uh yeah and the ski slopes in new york and uh, upper state lake placid are beautiful but that was i have to say that's my favorite trip yeah so ski jumps were cool to see so we were out in colorado steamboat springs so they right. have i mean there's a lot of olympic yeah. training that goes on there. right uh, in fact, um, we went to a, a horse ranch, and the guy that owns it was an Olympic downhill skier. At no one point. So, but it was cool. You'd see these out in the middle of nowhere. You'd right. see this big ski ramp, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's where so and so trained for the Olympics." Right. I'm like, "Wow." Then a local guy from 15 lot 15 side. You guys yeah. had a local Gepper, Olympian, right? Nick, yeah. Nick. Nick, Nick Geppers. Yeah, Gepper. he's still okay. still still. He'll yeah. be. I'm sure he'll be coming around. Right. Next next round again whenever it is uh, you know I've, I've been very fortunate I've, I've done a lot of nice road trips and Nova Scotia is right up there too where we did last year but uh, I would have to say because it's the first time we did it the first time and you know Margie and I grew you know for years together and we had a child that battled cancer for years and it was difficult for us to really get away and it's the first time we just said you know what we're going to get away and we did it and it was awesome and I, I cannot wait to take the next trip just I yeah wait for I, I know we said we weren't going to talk about trips that we did together but that, that ranks pretty high yes period. yes so. the nova scotia trip yeah yeah uh yeah but i i picked the best one i'm going to say that was the best one because it was the first one first big trip i took so yeah so how about your worst trip oh well the the worst trip i had to do uh, it doesn't have to be luxury right just trip no just road trip whatever uh probably probably the worst road trip i had um and i'm, I'm gonna call it a trip uh because it did require some driving but i had flew down to el paso texas and i was working in juarez and um i had first time i crossed the border in juarez mexico and uh at that time was in 2009 or 10 and but that wasn't vacation. That was no. It wasn't was vacation. Work, that was it was a actually work, work detail. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, being a newbie, I crossed the border and uh, I literally uh, had a Mexican machine gun held to my head and stripped of my underwear on the border. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was probably the well, the worst road trip. But I call it a road trip because uh, they investigated you and then they found out I'm with what they call in the business sense in Mexico is called a maquiladora. And they found out that I was with the Maquiladora. Well, once they find that out, you get protection because uh, you're a business entity with Mexico and they want to protect you. 
um, you know, I'm standing at the border down in my underwear, like this machine gun pointed at me and, and, uh, I get dressed and then next thing you know, a, you know, a red Mercedes pulls up and they sent me in a red Mercedes and then a pickup truck with five guys, a machine gun pulls up in front of me. Then a pickup truck with five guns, a machine gun behind me is behind me. And I'm by myself the first time I'm down here and we go take off through the city of Juarez and, uh, if anybody knows anything about Juarez, the cartel is major bad in Juarez. And a short American white guy, <laughs> chubby white guy, sitting in the back of a red Mercedes. That sounds a lot like you. Do you know this It team? does, don't it, right? Uh, they think that's the guy with the money. Uh, so, yeah. so, so let's not make him stand out. Right. Yeah, exactly. So we're like uh, 20 miles from the uh, from the border into the Maquila, and it was 50, 65 mile an hour all the way through this town. No stop signs running everything, running people off the road, beeping the horns, guns in front of me, guns behind me, and I, I didn't know what to think. I mean, here I am, you know. And you just wanted a beer. I, I, <laughs> Indiana Hick, I mean, that's like crazy, but. You were looking for the tequila yeah, with the worm in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but that that was probably the scariest thing I'd ever experienced, and I actually experienced that twice while I went down there. Uh, but that was a road trip that I, I was like, I was a road trip from hell. I'm like, I am not going to survive this. If they got to have 10 guys with machine guns to protect me, I'm the dead guy. It's not going to happen, right? Uh, but they were very nice to me after that. I can tell you that once I got there, I've never been treated any better by anybody in the world than I have the people of Juarez, the employees of Juarez, Mexico, and they were great. Uh, but it was definitely a scary experience. But right, right. So, Jeff, how about you? Well, if we talk about best, I can't really get a good start because I've been very blessed in the places I've seen and been to and people I've traveled with um, for the most part and so you know I've been very fortunate to be in you know places like Hawaii and Alaska and uh, and and then when you talk about driving um, Ruben alluded to we've been on a couple we you know he and I and, and and Robin and Margie have been on a couple road trips together that were just phenomenal too phenomenal so yeah, I've just been very fortunate, and even you know, when our kids were growing up, you know, we we took some some very nice vacations and a couple road trips. Been to Cooperstown to see the the baseball hall of fame, awesome. and that was a cool trip because we hit Niagara on the way. That was the first time any of us were there, and and that. So as far as as far as probably how, how negative a trip, I don't know, but it probably memorable in when I was in high school. When I was a senior in high school, I took a road trip one way. It was I was I was taking a buddy's car to him in Florida. Okay, so when I was in high school, the guy I ran around with the most, my best friend was he was a year older than me, and he had a he had a '69 Nova Super Sport. Ooh, nice car. Now he had got this car. He had got this car. It had previously been a dragster. So, right. and then he had it painted and. And all this, so he had it. So Ruben knows. Ruben, disconnected. Ruben, Ruben knows who I'm talking yeah. about. So because he was out of school a year ahead of me, his family was in the construction business, and his stepdad was, and the company he was working for was starting up a, a new place in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So the winter of my uh, senior year, my buddy moved down there, but he flew down. He left his car up here, and said, "Hey." Come spring break, why don't you drive my car down to me? Like, cool. Sounds like yeah, a cool right. plan. Like, this is right. this is all right. No deal. And he said, I'll fly you back. You know, you bring my car down, I'll fly you back. Cool deal. 
So the day before the trip, I I get his car, change the oil in it, go over a few things, check some stuff out. Packed packed so much of his stuff in there that I had like enough room for me to sit in the driver's seat. I mean, it was packed full. Trunk, passenger seat, back seat. So six o'clock in the morning, I head out. Okay. Heading to Florida. I get as far as Hebron. <laughs> just, so, just so people know, you can like, throw a stone from here to Hebron. Yeah, Hebr- 20 Hebron, minutes, Kentucky. Yeah, it's 20 minutes. Hebron, Kentucky. Okay, on 275. And all of a sudden, it feels like the car is coming apart, and I pull over. And I'm, I walk around the car. I don't see anything. He's got he's got these mag wheels on, these wide tires. Again, you know. It's a hot yeah, rod. It's a hot rod, right? Right. I, at the time, it had a six-cylinder in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I pull over and walk around. I don't see anything, but I, I pretty much felt it was as rear left. So I jacked the car up, and the wheel falls off. <laughs> oh, jeez. It, it had sheared all the lug, nuts. All the lugs. So fortunately, my my mom was always great. As any, all of her kids, as soon as they got their driver's license, she got them triple A. Triple A, yeah. yeah that, was, that was Christmas present. That was right. one of the Christmas presents, triple right. A. So, unfortunately, this was 1983. There aren't cell phones. Right. And if anybody knows what Hebron, St. Petersburg exit, yeah. that was, there was, there was nothing, nothing there. Yeah. Okay. So, I start walking towards the airport exit, which is a few miles out. Yeah. And uh, finally, get pick, I don't get picked up until, you know. Right at until, the exit. Until I'm about a mile. I could see. I could see. Uh, right. 20, right, which is the airport exit. And somebody picks me up, takes me down, drops me off the exit. I walk across, find a find a phone, call AAA. The guy comes, picks me up. He's a he's a uh, he's on he's on work release. Okay, this dude's on work release. <laughs> so we go down, we go down, and we we pick up the car and take it up there, and he replaces the lugs and. Uh, you know, probably by nine o'clock, nine ten o'clock, I'm on back on my way. The other thing is, I had a my older brother lived in Valdosta, Georgia, which was my first stop. Okay, so I'm gonna stop in Valdosta, visit right. with my brother a little bit, and then head on to Fort Lauderdale. So I get as far as Knoxville, Tennessee, and it starts raining. I'm gonna flip no on. Way. No wipers. No, no, we know where that's going. No wipers. As a dragster, man. No wipers. You need no wipers. No wipers. You don't need no stinking wipers. You know. Rainex. So I'm heading on. I'm just. That was before Rainex. Yeah, Yeah, that was that was before Rainex. So, but I can still see the white line on the side of the road. So I'm still pushing. I'm still pushing down the interstate, man. Heading for Chattanooga. I get about halfway to Chattanooga and I start smelling gasoline. Oh jeez! Oh, shit and gasoline. So I pulled over, and I check, and I've got a gas leak right at the gas filter, and the fitting, the fitting, and it's like, it's, I mean, I turn it's like stripping, and I'm like, oh, you know, so I'm 18, I don't give a shit. I smoked at the time, so now I'm driving the rest of the way to Knoxville with my window down it raining no windshield wipers and a gas leak and again I mean the the gas is hitting the firewall and I can smell gas but I, I'm still smoking cigarettes I, 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 I'm not, at this point I'm like I'm Rebel? like Rebel? What, what, what else could go wrong what else could go wrong 
James Dean. <laughs> yeah. So between between there and Knoxville, I realized the gate. You know, it was a six cylinder, so I was probably getting twenty mile a gallon. I think it dropped about eleven mile a gallon. Wow. And uh, so finally, I get to Atlanta. It's dark. It's pouring down. So you drove all the way to Atlanta. Yeah. With gas leaking. Yeah. And no. Oh, oh, I ain't done that. No, no. I mean, I went way farther than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's dark. It's dark now, and I get to. Uh, Macon, Georgia. I know Macon well. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and get to Macon. Window down. Still rain. I called my brother from Knoxville or somewhere, and he's like, hey, it's not raining down here. Just keep on. Because I told him, I didn't tell him about the gas leak, but I, I told him, I said, it's raining. I don't have any windshield wipers. He said, well, he said, it's not raining down here. You know, he said, hopefully if you, you, you get through it. Just keep you know? going. So I get to Macon. It's like freaking one in the morning. Yeah, you know, this is getting to be a long trip, right? So I, it started raining so hard. I just I got off an exit, found my way to one of these you know highway side gas stations, pulled around off to the side, figured I'm just going to sleep sleep for a while and see if the rain quit. So I uh, I woke up about three in the morning and it, the rain quit. At least where I was. Right. So I get back on the road. And I probably drove for about 45 minutes when I woke up in the median, okay, rumbling across the median. And I whipped the car to the right, realized what was going on, whipped the car to the right. I felt a big thump. I come back up on the interstate and look out the passenger window, and I got headlights just bearing down on me. And I slide across the interstate and somehow or another miraculously stopped just on the emergency lane. Wow. And I... I get out I, after sitting there and staring at, like, holy crap for for a couple minutes. I get out, walk around the car, just get grass and mud strewn across the interstate. And uh, I get back in the car, head down the road. I didn't have any problem falling asleep after that. <laughs> You're wide awake now. And I'm just trying to get to Valdosta, Georgia now, man. All right? I'm just trying to get to Valdosta. So it's 6 o'clock in the morning. This is 24 hours from the time I left my house that I roll into my brother's driveway. 6 o'clock in the morning. So normally that drive would be... 10 hours? 10 hours hours probably? maybe. Yeah, it's about 8 to Atlanta. So So, so I'm already 24 hours into a trip to Valdosta, Georgia. You've so, only got your spring break dues, by the way. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Hey, and that's what you think about. You're hey, man, off today. Right. you're freaking 18 years old, man. You got, yeah, hey. Wasted, this freaking wasted waste daylight. Of time. Wasted daylight. That's what, drove, that's what got him to keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that you're 18 and, you know, you're going to live. You're gonna, invincible. Yeah, you don't care. Right? right? Invincible. It wasn't his car. <laughs> well, and there was that, too. <laughs> so I get to my brother's and go in. And so this is... A, uh, I guess Sunday morning. I'm guessing it was Sunday morning. And, uh, you know, I go in and I'm telling him, and you'd have to know my brother, unfortunately, he's passed away a few years ago, but, you know, he just had this laid back thing. And his wife at, at the time, she told me, he got off the phone with you after you told him that you didn't have windshield wipers and he about fell out of his chair laughing. <laughs> so... While I was catching up on some sleep, he went and got the gas leak fixed. A buddy of his, right. buddy of his down the road got the gas leak fixed. The windshield wiper motor was bad, so it was like the cost of that is like 
Yeah, right. There wasn't any more rain forecasts for the rest right. of the trip, kind of thing. So it's right. like it's man, Florida. You know, now you can put a rope on it. You know? Right, right. Yeah. So, so um, I spent a day or two there, and then it was about another eight hours worth of driving right. to Fort Lauderdale, and got down to Fort Lauderdale, and got to Dave's house, yeah. and he, you know, came out and I handed the keys. I said, "Don't ever ask me to drive that piece of shit again." <laughs> <laughs> he actually got mad at me. So anyway, so so I, I, you know, spent a few days down uh, Fort Lauderdale my senior year spring break and then uh, flew back, flew back, flew back. So then phenomenally, I graduated high school and I went to college for a term in the fall at, at Cincinnati Technical College it was then right made the dean's list, you know, made my mom real proud Then I quit and I moved to Florida <laughs> Because he had moved, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, he had moved back up in the summer, right? And then he and I were going back down because they were starting another project down there, and they needed hands. I was like, okay. He's like, you ought to move down there with it. Okay. <laughs> so we take that same car. We leave out of Brookville with that same oh, car. So the car had made the trip back up here. Yeah, he drove it back up. He got the windshield wipers fixed, I think, somewhere. Yeah. And we, <laughs> we're driving back down. We get as far as Berea, Kentucky, and the engine blows. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so so you, that's only, you know, folks know, what, three and a half hours, three right. hours. Yeah. Right. Far enough, though. Far, far enough that you got to find your way back. <laughs> and far no enough. cell phones. And yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's remind people. You know, these are these are back when there was no <laughs> cell phones. So right. this... Got to find... find the fingers are Well, yeah, and the exactly. bad thing is, in a 70 Nova, 65 is really fast. Oh, and a six-cylinder. Yeah, and a six-cylinder. That's yeah. fast. You're yeah, cruising, you're right? flying. Yeah. It's a wonder that first trip you didn't... That wheel didn't come off while you were driving. I, I, it's pretty amazing. You, you lucked it's out. It's pretty amazing, yeah. So, yeah. Dwayne, tell us about some of your excursions. We'll go around here, so we'll have a couple times to go around, because it didn't take me long to think of a couple. Oh, I, yeah, I've got a list, so we'll have to come back around, because I got, I mean, I've got, we we traveled racing. I raced for seven years, so we traveled, so I've got a bunch of memorable trips there, but, um, and I'm kind of like Jeff, we've, we've had the opportunity to be in different locations, Hawaii and California and Maine, and um, our favorite trips now, as my wife and I, is we fly somewhere, rent a motorcycle, rent a Harley-Davidson, no plans. Well, we'll have two plans. We have one night, two nights rented. The night we get there, we get the bike, we stay the night, and then we just take off. And we're kind of like Jeff said, we just, or Ruben said, we just look at a map and go, okay, go and we're going to go this direction. And the only thing we have to do is we have to get back to point A by the end of our trip. So from between there, it's just whatever. So, I mean, we've went to, well, we went to Maine one year. That was a... Our 25th anniversary, I surprised her. I had a Harley rented airplane tickets, paid for everything, and she had no idea. And we fly into Bangor, Maine. Right. That's yeah. where we flew into, rented a Harley there. Right. And that was Dodie's first experience riding in the rain because we get there and it starts raining. Yeah. And we were supposed to leave that day and head out. That was the one time trip we didn't have planned, and it was raining. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll just get a night. You know, we'll spend a night. But. So we ended up spending the night, get up next morning. It's still raining. So we're lollygagging a little bit, and I'm starting to get antsy, and I'm like, I'm going to ride. I'm, you know, whatever. We got rain suits. So finally convinced her, honey, let's just go. Let's suit up and go. So we rode the whole first day in the rain, and she was a little aggravated for a while. But by the end of the day, she was adapted to it, and life was good, and we're traveling and on vacation, so it was fine. And we ended up in Canada. 
Um, we rode across the border. We stayed, I don't even know the name of this little town, but all I remember is you can, you can drive across the ocean to an island when the tide is out. Uh, whatever this town, the, 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 when the tide comes in, the water is shallow. Right. Boats are ever when we get there. Boats are everywhere in the water. We're looking around. Oh, this is really Probably cool. Close to St. John's up there, yeah. There's a, all I know is there's a there's a hotel there that's haunted. Right. Or supposed to be haunted. And we stayed in that hotel. But when we get there, we're looking around and we had no plans. And we're in Canada. We had no hotel reservation, no nothing. And I'm talking to this lady. And she's like, "Uh, you don't have reservations?" I'm like, "No, nah, we're just traveling." She goes there's no place to stay but that hotel and it's $500 a night or something. I'm like, well, I'm not paying that, you know? So we go down the street, we're eating lunch and I pull my phone out and I start searching and got on one of the travel Expedia, one of them, they had that hotel for like $149 a night. Book it. I quick booked the room, <laughs> went back down, told that lady and she's like, Oh no, you know, I showed her reservation. So we get up the next morning and we're going to go take a tour on this Island. So we rode our heart, the heart, the rental Harley across the ocean to this island, and it's the coolest, scariest, weirdest thing you do is you just pull down this little ramp and you ride across gravel across the ocean and back out the other side. And there was a it was a railroad tycoon owned this island. It was totally self sufficient. He had staff there. It had a, a, a gas where he had drilled for some sort of a gas. So that was his heat, his electric, his lights. Everything was run. He had staff there. He had food. He had a farm. He had hay, cattle, dairy. Everything was... He didn't need to leave this island. That was his own island, but they gave tours there. And you know, and, and that was one of our trips coming back out when the tour was over. You know, we're in a motorcycle. We're the only person in a motorcycle. Everybody else is in cars. So if it starts to get a little tide coming in, it's not too bad. Well, when you're on a motorcycle and tide starts coming in, gravel starts getting soft. So when we're riding out, the water, the ocean was literally about five feet from where we were riding out. And it was starting to get soft going back across to get back to the the mainland. How long across there? It's probably 150, 200 yards. So, I mean, it's it's far enough that you're like, oh, crap, you know, and I'm like, honey, just... Hold you know, on. Sit still. Don't move because <laughs> I need to be balancing to get us out of here. And But it was fun. I mean, and that was one of our better trips. But that's been that is our new our new go to trip is rent a bike. Yeah. You know, fly somewhere and everybody's like, oh, I'll take your own bike. I'm like, why do I want to drive two days, haul my bike? Right. No, ride it. It, and then lose right. two. I lose four days of a trip. I mean, we've we went to uh, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. We flew into Phoenix, rode around Grand Canyon. Came back through, uh, I think of the name of the town, coming back there, the Red Rocks. Yeah. Red Rocks. No, it's not Red Rocks. Fire Valley. No, it's it's right outside of... Oh, uh, Rice Canyon. No. No. Nope. Oh, shoot, anyway. Anyway, we come back through there, and we started the morning with all the clothing we could put on. We get to the Red Rocks. I'm just aggravating me, but we get there. We're stripping off everything we can get. place that has Red Rocks. place that has Red Rocks on the I, way from... I know, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of anything. <clears> I know. Somebody down. Google... But on the way on the way out, you know, it's, we and you're we're riding through and and we're comfortable. It's like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's starting to get a little warmer. We literally rounded a corner and it was like, oh my god, get these clothes off. It was so hot. We literally pulled in the first place they could pull. We're taking rain suits, jackets because we right. got everything on, just trying to get down. And then we ended up in this town and we had you know had our lunch there and ate fried cactus and all this stuff and then headed back to Phoenix. But yeah, I mean, we've done that. We rode through Death Valley. Uh, we rode, we went to California in the winter time. Rented a Harley, started in San Diego. We rode 13 national parks, 
And the best part was nobody was there. It's January. Right. Who in the heck is traveling at the national parks in January? But right. we're on a motorcycle, so we've got enough warm gear on it. We can stay comfortable. But we're rolling through Death Valley. And again, no plans, no hotel. But I looked at this map, and I'm like, okay, there's a hotel, this little sort of cabin thingy here. We need to get there. So Dodie's on the back. She's taking pictures. She's texting and everything. And and I'm just riding. And it's as far as you could see, as flat as you could see. There's nothing every direction you can see. Well, I start rolling in the throttle. And I'm just, we're starting at 65, 75. And I just slowly increase in speed. Well, we're doing about 95, 100 and just, just rolling. And we're doing that for probably an hour. And finally she realizes how fast we're going she smacks me what are you doing going this fast i'm like just sit back we've been doing this for an hour i'm trying to get there we still got to go and you can see it but because it's desert and it's flat it's it's like it's right there but you know it's another 45 minutes or an hour (laughs) right we got to that hotel got the last room they had and from there it was another three hour ride to the next place there was a hotel so wow my 95 100 mile an hour getting us there was our was you sleeping in the bed yeah it was us sleeping and it wasn't the greatest bed but it was a bed so it was it was fine so So the so the the red rocks in arizona is sedona sedona there it is beautiful place it is it's fantastically yeah if you anybody ever yet and what's the town it's right outside of um phoenix phoenix Phoenix. Phoenix. i've been to phoenix but i've been to it's between phoenix and the grand canyon Oh, yeah. Okay. Because nice. you ride, you come through Grand Canyon, through Phoenix. Okay. And then right there, Sedona. It's like, you, I'm literally, you, you zigzag through a couple hills and you round a corner and the temperature changes. Okay. 40 degrees. Well, it was it's on a amazing. business trip in Phoenix, but I've never went, left outside of Phoenix. Oh, go so. next time. It's yeah. it's beautiful country. Just beautiful terrain. So we forgot to, to once again remind everybody that Cross the Line 1524 is recorded in front of a live audience at the Rusted Nail. And, and they're alive to that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if you hear something in the background, they're at table, is that table 16 tonight it 16. looks like they're at? Yeah, uh, at least that group is. So, yeah. you know, the Rusted Nail Speakeasy has a Facebook page I saw. So we're going to have to yeah, so tag on to that thing. Yeah. But, uh, so maybe we can let some of the uh, some of the listeners see some of the, the uh, in-house people hanging out here we might do that so Dwayne yeah. talked a little bit about going to Canada so believe it or not I have a lot of different um, near death experiences on vacations <laughs> so I'm gonna so talk- are these the good ones or the bad ones <laughs> these are the near death ones okay I'm not gonna call them good and bad he's just talking about just the ones on vacation just, just the on ones on vacation, vacation. <laughs> so when I was um, it's funny because two, two, two of these I heard that Margie the one lady, one of her, the patrons here sits there at table 69. Not sure what that means. You guys know what she's talking about? She has. This, this place has gotten pretty big. It has. Yeah. 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 That must be in the back room. Yeah. It's I, not the room getting big. It's the mouth. <laughs> Heard something about velvet wallpaper? I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. So. Hey, we've been to that speakeasy. Yeah. So, oh, okay. so, uh, so it's funny because both of these, I got two different trips that were, I mean, when I say near death, you're going to wonder, you're, I'm lucky I'm here. So the first one was to Canada. <coughs> Excuse me. So I was 19, I believe, uh, 18 or 19. I was working construction for, I'll use the name because uh, you know, it was a construction company, H.J. Linus Construction. So 
if my buddies are out there that I worked with, a shout out. In fact, uh, Harry Linus, who owned it, I know, you know, he watches, he, he checks us out every now and then. So, um, so we decided to do a fly-in fishing trip to Canada. So the fly-in part was in Canada. So we took his, he had a nice big Class A RV, put seven guys on it, loaded her up, and headed to Canada. So we get there, and uh, it's there's a there's a port there, and it kind of looks like an an airport on water to, to do the flying. So there's single engine Cessnas with pontoons on them. So there were seven of us plus all our gear. So there was two planes. So when they flew us to the island, one plane did a return trip. So it was actually three trips to get us and our food there. So we had a great week fishing. It's a good thing because if we wouldn't have caught fish, we wouldn't have ate. Right. So. <laughs> It's time to leave, and uh, the two planes land. You know, they're going to pick pick us up, and then one plane's going to make a return trip to get us, Right. the rest of us. Well, the one plane, the first plane comes, they load up and head out. The second plane lands, and we're at the dock watching, and it just doing circles out in the lake. I'm like, what the heck? So we hop into one of the boats. So the boats that you used up there were like John boats with the little... Right you know 9.9 two stroke so we zip out there see what's up so the pilot's there and he goes my rudder cables broke oh, and I'm no. just turning circles so this went on for about 10-15 minutes before we got out there they were like well we can fix this so we run back and we get our toolbox <laughs> we got some duct tape <laughs> no better yet vice grips oh yeah I was I was gonna say that but you clamped it on the vice so we oh, vice yeah, grip the, two cables. the rudder cables yeah. together and so then he came right up to the dock. Well, it had taken about 45 minutes to an hour for all this to happen. So the guy looks at his watch and says, shut. He said, oh, sorry. That came out. Uh, shucks. He says, shucks. He goes, you know, I don't have time to make a return trip. He says, you guys don't have all the beer that you brought with you. So we're lighter. Well, what we had was coolers full of fish right. on ice. Right. You know, they brought ice to us and we packed it in. He goes, oh, I can take care of that. So he gets in the plane, he pulls all the seats out of the plane, just throws them out. So then we're filling the pontoons up with luggage, and the cooler's full of fish. We stick in the plane to set on. You're going to get on this airplane. Oh, we got on well, the plane. they're 19. They don't That's, care. <laughs> with oh, vice yeah. scripts. That's right. Yeah. Holding the rudder. How old were you? I was probably 19 at the yeah, time. Yeah, you don't care. Oh, so, invincible. Yeah, I was invincible. <laughs> I had two invincible trips about the same time. You'll hear the other one. <laughs> so we get on the get on the plane. And uh, so, uh, you know, those Cessnas on pontoons, they kind of sat at a big angle. So right. one, one, of, one of our guys was in the very back. Um, my buddy John was in the front seat. I was in the center seat. And there weren't seats. They were We were on the coolers. The only guy who had a seat was a pilot. <laughs> right. So his theory was that he got rid of the seats so the plane was lighter. But we had these coolers full of fish. Which were heavier than the seats. Which were heavier than the seats. (laughs) And he didn't want to make a return trip. So, I mean, we stuffed everything. The pontoons were full of stuff. It was just... So we get going down the lake. All the way to the other end. Didn't even break water. (laughs) So he turns around, come back the other way. I think we came up about six inches, back down in the water. He goes, don't worry, we'll get this, we'll get this. We just don't have the right headwind yet. It's one thing to get it up to keep it up is another. Uh, well, oh, that's an awesome. That's a whole other story. 
So he turns that plane back around and gets going, and we we start coming up finally. We're probably 10, 15 feet off the water. All at once, it starts veering towards the bank. So I look out, and I can see the wing and the trees, and spoosh down in the water. If it would have been on a runway, we'd have crashed because we were at such an angle, sure. but there's pontoons. So we're... we're <laughs> Wow. We're puckering a little bit now. Yeah. yeah. Little sh- <laughs> Mr. Invincible's thinking, this probably might not be a good idea. He's not 19 anymore. So, He's 25. Yeah. So when we came down, we came down at a hard angle. The guy that was in the back that shouldn't have been able to see anything said, I could see water plain as day. <laughs> so we're too scared. Well, I remember John going, are you sure we're not overweight? And the guy goes, we can make this. We can make this. <laughs> Turns around, the next round, and we finally, we do make it up, finally. So, it's time to land. So, he looks down, and we can look down, too, and he's like, there's like three or four planes there, because it's like a runway in right. the water, right. and then there's the dock area. And so, we can hear him, because we got headsets on. He goes, I don't have time to wait for that shit. Bypasses the <laughs> runway area, turns the plane, Kaboosh, lands it right in front of the dock area and bam into the docks. We all jumped out. I kid you not, I kissed the ground. <laughs> so here's the kicker of the story. Six months later, they identified that guy by his dental records. Really? He flew into really flew into power lines. I mean, he was a true. He was a, what you call a bush pilot. Right. Yeah. I mean, and did he could, still have the vice grips on his cables? <laughs> he probably still had the vice <laughs> grips on the cables. Yeah, they didn't get them back. They we don't need cables. no cable runners. Well, I'm, I'm telling you what, it took me, and I love to fly. I've been yeah, a flyer for sure. a long time. It took me a while to get back on a plane. Oh. It was like, holy mackerel. Oh, that would, be, that would be an adventure for sure. So when anybody says they have a, a flight story, I guarantee I can top it. <laughs> that you survived. That, 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 I, that you survived. Yeah, that you survived. Yeah. So. Holy cow. Wow. So, so do you have any good trips, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a trip that had was great and bad. It all happened about three years ago. I, my my girlfriend at the time said, hey, I'm going to Aruba, and I'd love for you to go with me. I'm like, this sounds cool. I've never been to Aruba. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? So I'm like, you know what? I'm being a romantic and all. I'm going to buy an engagement ring. Uh-oh. Ask her to marry me. Though. Don't do it. Uh-huh. Don't do it. Uh-oh. I see high eyebrows in the background. So we get to Aruba. So uh, we're there with uh, um, her. Uh, well, she's listening. So it's my. I'm talking about Mary, who's my wife now, and her sister-in-law, who's our listener in Georgia, Anne, and uh, Anne's daughter, and her. And we met boyfriend. them. Yeah, we met her. Yeah. So yeah. we all get there. So, and it's a long flight to Aruba. I mean, then you got to go through customs there. I mean, you thought going through customs at freaking Canada was bad. You ought to go through Aruba. So we finally get, it's an all-inclusive resort. We finally get there. This is the very first night. And in my mind, I'm like, this I'm going to be romantic. You know, I'm going to. So it's all-inclusive. So, you know. Right. So I'm drinking, believe it or not, I'm drinking Long Island iced teas. Yeah. As quick as I can drink them, they're making them. So I'm feeling a little tired. So I look over and they got 
beach chairs on a dock overlooking the ocean. I'm thinking, I'm just going to, and I told her, so I'm just going to go over here and rest a little bit. Yeah. Next thing I know, it's 10 o'clock at night. We had dinner reservations to go someplace. Everything's closed. And I didn't have my phone with me. I left it in the room. So I get to the room, and here's like 20 messages. Where are you? Where are you? So they couldn't find me. So they went to dinner without me. <laughs> Lost so, him on an island. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Success. That's not the worst part of the trip, though. It gets better or worse. So the very next night, you know, it's very romantic. I propose. And believe it or not, she said yes, because she's here with us. Yeah. She's still that, thinking. That was that was the last good night for me. The I'm, next four days, I was sick as a dog. I mean, could not leave the room. And she still. And she's here. She, uh, she's yeah. Still here. That was our first trip together. I'm like, she ain't ever gonna stay with me. <laughs> but I mean, you talk about sick, sick. Oh, it was. Oh. It was. Uh, it was. Don't drink the water. Yeah, it wasn't water. It wasn't water. I have it's, this thing for sushi, I got to tell you. Oh. So, I'm oh. thinking that was the sushi. Yeah, sushi it was in a foreign good. country, probably not. So, fortunately, I was able to make it back on the airplane, and then was sick for two more days wow. after I got yeah. back here. Oh, God. Was, Poor Mary. She deserves another trip. Well, yeah. we did. We, our, our honeymoon was in Jamaica, and that was awesome. There you go. We'll do that again. So, uh, you know, I, I will say as far as relaxing on trips, I never relaxed like I had... So I went on trips with her because we didn't have an agenda to do something every That's single right. day. We need to do a group relaxing sometime. That would be. We're going to work one out. Yeah, we're going to work one out. Definitely. That's right. I've got another good one, but we'll go around the table here for this next one. So, Ruben, you got to have another memorable trip. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say uh, this one's a sort of a, a funny trip. That let's let's go to my. I, <laughs> Yeah, we didn't. You we didn't us, like. We didn't like that trip either. Yeah, yeah. You got us wondering now. No, no. it's a, it's one of those things where I have to make sure we talk about before we actually record it. But uh, <laughs> oh, come on! Do we have to? Yeah, edit I have first? to tell you, probably the funnest trip. And Margie, Jeff, and Robin are here. Is probably the funnest time I've had on a trip. It was when uh, Jeff, Robin, Margie, and I we went on to Yellowstone. We went to the Grand Tetons in Yellowstone, and Jeff and Robin had already been out there, so. You know, we had like a, our own tour guide, Margie and I did, you know, and uh, we rented this minivan <laughs> and I, it's great because I have this all on GoPro. We rented this minivan and Jeff's like was telling us about, ah, oh, you know, there's this great place in this valley of the of the um, the Grand Tetons and we got to drive back there because he wanted to show us the house and the big carvings. The house and stuff. with the big wood carvings. Yeah, the yeah, big wood carvings. Beautiful, yeah. right? And we literally went off road in a rented minivan. <laughs> sort of like the vacation, the vacation yeah, we movie when they go off road. Beat that thing to death and laugh. Big ruts, you know. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, you gotta straddle those yes, ruts. We laughed for stuff. hours going through that. <laughs> Drive it like yeah. you rented it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was uh, working on my back patio the other day, and I look down and I see this rock, and I go, "What is significant about that rock?" And Margie goes. That's the rock for the Grand Tetons. We were four-wheeled in a minivan. But uh, we had a blast. But Jeff had told us about this uh, lake, that private home out there, that had these huge wooden carvings in their lake. And they do. It's a guy, like an Indian and a mountain man in a, in a, mountain, mountain in a canoe. In a, in a canoe. And yeah. an eagle and stuff. And these carvings are, what, 30 foot tall probably? Maybe? I don't know how big they are. Because you can't get close enough to really right. really tell. But, it's beautiful place, But you can but see them from far enough away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, and, and, you know, we got the Grand Tetons in the background. Wow. And man. we're whomping through. <laughs> we're literally whomping through this 
pasture with this van. Yeah. And I don't. I, I laughed so hard my 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 cheeks hurt. I just, it was a good. Yeah, it was a good trip. It was a fun trip. Well, and it wasn't. Yeah, you know, we did. We did the Tetons. We did. Uh, we did Yellowstone, Yellowstone, and then we we went up through. Uh, that's that's when we we did the uh, the clan the. Uh, Gamping or whatever they oh, call the clamping, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. the glamping. Yeah, we uh, we did. Uh, yeah. So if anybody hasn't done that, we've That's done cool. uh, glamping where you rent a tent and it has like a queen king size bed and everything. In yeah, it. so that was outside. That was outside of Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, right. And then when we traveled out of there, we took that route that uh, your buddy Jeff Reed was that mentioned. Uh, Bear Pass or some it took it Eagle up to pass it took or? us up to up into uh, Montana. Yeah, beautiful road yeah. out through there. It was a great uh, big trip. sky, big sky Montana. Big is where sky, we came yeah. out, and then we caught ninety, and came back, and yeah. you know we caught uh, Devil's uh, Tower. Devil's, yep, Devil's Tower, and then Mount uh, Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, Badlands, Custer's Last Stand, <clears throat> Badlands. Yeah, yeah, Custer's uh, Last Stand, uh, which we kind of tripped a trip. We were looking at the that. map, and we weren't even planned on this. And I looked down, so what's this Custer's Last Stand? I'm like, oh, and we just like get off this exit. We went to Custer's Last Stand. And I can tell you, Martin and I were talking about the other day, it's one of the best things I've ever saw on a vacation. And it was impromptu. We saw it on a map, and we went to the site of Custer's Last Stand, and we got there right when they were telling the story. So they have a storyteller there, and we walked the battlefield. And I have to tell you, I it was awesome. It was, I mean, it ranks right up here, one of my favorite trips to do. And then us together and listening, that the, the guy that told this story there about you know, crazy horse standing in the saddle coming over the rye and you're just seeing this stuff. It's just so, I still get chills thinking about how that happened and how you seen that, but what a great trip. We had a ball and what was it? 11, 11 days, something like that. Yeah, something 4,300 like miles is what we did. Yeah, that I mean, if anybody out there listening, if you ever want to plan an epic trip, it's yep. everything they just mentioned. But it's, yeah, you can do it faster, but if you can take two weeks, it's epic. there's just so much beautiful country and amazing things to and, see and you know um we went to a place in the grand tetons touch if my memory's not there but we went to the place in grand tetons called joyce lake and uh we crossed uh, jenny jenny, jenny lake. i'm sorry jenny, jenny lake. Lake. thank yep. you see that's why i said you didn't tell me yep. jenny, jenny lake and we we did a, a hike up to inspiration point and uh that's where margie slit my head wide open and on, I was, a tree, on a tree, tree limb. And I was bleeding. She was enough. aiming for your throat, but <laughs> but uh, we we walked around this uh, what seven six seven miles around that lake. Yeah. And Jeff stopped us in the middle of this trail and said that right here, guys, you know, five six years ago, he was standing here and a bear stepped up over the hillside on him, and you know, and then realizing we're right there, and yep. you know, it's but I tell you, it's it is. And Dwayne, you said the right word. It's epic. That if you can go to the. Do the Grand Tetons, the Yellowstone, and Devil's Tower, Mount Rushmore, and all Badland, see that. The Badlands. Yeah. It Black, is Black Hills. Black yeah, Hills. Black Hill. There's so much. Amazing trip. Yeah, if, if, you know, I, and I think you know if you don't if you don't mind driving, drive it because yes. So if I can if I can bounce off of that, please do. So uh, early in Robin and I's life together. We took a road trip out to Colorado, drove out. I had never, neither one of us had ever been out there. I had never been that far west. Um, And, you know, I mean, we were young. We didn't have a lot of money, so we drove it. And that's why I encouraged when we went, when when you and Margie went with us, if you've not driven, 
out to west, you need to drive it. Absolutely. Because flying over, you, yeah. you just miss so much. You you do. You can spend and, weeks on the drive out and back. Oh, yeah. So and, and the other thing is, it's so much different than I expected. And so, so I, I told them that before we went out because when Robin and I went out back in, you know, 90-ish. Right. Um, went out I-70, you know, and, you know, a kid growing up, you're thinking, okay, you're driving through Missouri and Kansas right. and Colorado and, you know, you got Missouri and then Kansas is flat and barren and Colorado is mountains. Yes. And it really ain't like that. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> so because, you know, what we found was Kansas is really treeless. Right. But it's pretty hilly for the it most is very part. Hilly. Yeah. Much like around this part of the country. Sure. Rolling hills. Yeah. Right. So I found that I found that different, but right. not a lot of trees. Right. And Colorado, yeah. for the first two thirds of the state, it's flat. It's flat as a pancake. Yeah, flat as a pancake. It's a gradual upgrade you don't realize. Right. But it is flat, flat, flat. Yeah. And and you know, you got tumbleweed, you know, rolling across yes. the interstate highway. You're seeing antelope here and there. Oh yeah. Pronghorn. And then you see this wall up here out in front of you and you keep driving and you keep driving <laughs> it's right there it's, it's right, right there. there it's right there and you keep driving hours and, yeah and, and and that wall the wall gets bigger and bigger and denver is actually just at the base of the mountains not up in the mountains it's at the right. base of the mountains right so that's all the stuff that if you don't get behind the wheel and drive it you don't, you don't realize you don't that that's there so that's why we encourage that we drive out. We, yes. we had a great trip out, that's right? Great and up. great trip. And then and then Robin and I hadn't done the uh, trip back. We had not seen uh, Mount Rushmore, and and we didn't we didn't take that route back when right. we, we were out there years ago. So that was all new to us. Right. But yeah, that was just a phenomenal trip. So for people that haven't been out there, man, just just get behind. Yeah, it's a good ten day trip. Oh, yeah. And 10 days will get you there and back. And, you know, here's for, for the history people, and I know, Alan, you're you're really big on the history thing, is we're driving along, and I have to stop. So we got to stop. I have to take a picture here. And it's for the first time in my life, I stood at the Continental Divide. Yeah. And, and she's like, what's that? <laughs> like, Well, it's important to me, right? Because right. I watched all the, the mountain men and people that crossed. Right. And they, that's where they, they crossed the part of the living land, right, is the Continental Divide where the earth creates meat and stuff. And we actually stopped and took a picture of the Continental Divide. Sure. That was huge for me. And people were like, it's important because if I would not have been in a car traveling across, I'd have never got to do that. No, you just... You would. You, you didn't even realize it. You know, yeah, and, right. and again, that was one of those trips that we didn't make tons of plans. We had our lodging for right. at the Tetons for the couple of days we were there, and we had our lodging at, at uh, uh, up in, it was actually in West Yellowstone, uh, West Yellowstone right. Montana, outside right. of Yellowstone Park, where we did the glamping. And then outside of that, we just kind of made our way and kind of made nice. it up as we went along. Nice. And you have all these incidentals, like, you know, when Margie gets gets car sick and we get a videotaper puking over the guardrail, <laughs> and in Custer State Park, Custer State Park, the, 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 the mules, the, the the wild 
mules sticking their head in the window for crackers. I've, we laugh for hours. <laughs> it's hilarious. They were eating, feeding them Doritos and crackers. That's the only. That's the only animals you're allowed to feed. Uh, out there. They they encourage it. It's a bit. So you know what? We're we're gonna talk a little bit more. We're gonna take a break here uh, because my glass is empty and we got a commercial sponsor. When we come back. I've got one for you. Good, good. So think about this for a moment. You're in a third world country. The government gets over, overthrown two days before you leave. Oh, jeez. There's a bomb <laughs> threat on the plane you're supposed to leave out of, and you get stopped by guards with machine guns in the middle of the country. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Coming up next. Sounds like a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> on Across the Line 1524, I'm Alan Stanger with Dwayne Bischoff, Jeff Monte, and Ruben Hunt. And we'll be right back. Well, hey, everybody. This here's Big Bubba. Big Bubba's Flying Airplane Service. Whether you got a vacation plan to go over top some mountains or cross across some cornfields, we got the plane just for you. Now, if you want seats, it's a little bit extra. We supply coolers most of the time. It just makes for, you know, a better trip. As you're flying, you can reach under, open your seat, and grab you a cold one. You're going to need it when you fly with us. Big Bubba's Flying Airplane Service. That's right, Big Bubba's Flying Airplane Service. You just might want to check yes on the insurance option when you book that flight. Another proud sponsor of Cross the Line, 1524. All right, we're back here with uh, <laughs> Cross the Line 1524. Can you do that again there, we're Dwayne? We won't uh, go into details there. But Dwayne and Dodie by, were by themselves for a couple moments <laughs> in the back room at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy. Rent by the hour. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so we, are, we were talking about, before we took a break, we were talking about some of our, our best and worst trips. And I had... Uh, Teased everybody with a tale of um, being in a third world country. The government's overthrown while I'm there, and the plane I'm supposed to fly out on has a bomb on it, or a bomb threat. <laughs> now, you might think this is a Tom Clancy novel, but no, it's not. It's the real McCoy. So, on uh, 85, 86, I went to Haiti to help build a school. Mm-hmm. So, I, if I had my phone, I'd look up when Jean-Claude Valladere was overthrown. He was the ruler at the time and was overthrown while we were there. So, we knew there was issues when we flew over there. And there's guys walking around. And quite honestly, it's the first time I've seen guys with machine guns. It was when we landed at the airport. He's, well, it's you guys with machine guns walking all around. So, we go out in the middle of the country to build a school. So the first thing you need to know is we go get our wood, and our wood is all hand-sawn, so it goes from 2x4 to 2x6 all on the same stick. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so what's even better is we took uh, some power tools with us. So there was a power line to where we were at. We were in between Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and Go Naives, which are 
opposite ends of the, uh, the byline. And for those that don't know, Haiti is an island. Uh, the other side of the island is the Dominican Republic. So we're, we are uh, out there, and uh, so we took this nice saw, power saw, with us. Because it was a bunch of construction guys that went. And so there's a single strand of 12-2 wire that must have run for, I don't know, 10 miles to where we're at. <laughs> so we get ready. I plug that saw in. I hit the button. No, no, not at all. It's hit the button. <laughs> After about a minute. Oh, my God. I mean, there was nothing there, so... So, a couple of the nights, we'd go out on little excursions. So, to do the excursions, it was a church group, you know. Right. Uh, it was a mission that we were at. So, the first thing that happened, so I'm a young guy, you know. So, there were French nurses over there. Ooh. Wee wee. Wee wee. So, we get there, and I'm like, ooh. So, they come up. Really? Like, Mary, stop wee listening. Wee. Wee. Really? I'm sorry. She I'm... may have heard this. So, we, we get there, and... Uh, so I'm like, holy cow, look at those nurses. So if anybody knows anything about the French. Um, hairy armpits. That's not the only thing that's hairy. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So, so the guy, one of my buddies goes, look down a little farther. So they had more hair on their legs than I've got. <laughs> so that took a little bit getting used to. It was like a Hello. So anyway, we went out several times to different uh, places with the group, and we'd all pile on the back of a dump truck. So there's 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 the chick magnet. There, there's the there. chick magnet. We're on the dump truck, so we get stopped one night. So one of the gentlemen, we get stopped by the military. So guns and there, you know, where are you from? Blah blah. You know, and I, we couldn't understand them, but we had an interpreter uh, with us. So we're all good to go. As we're leaving, one of the guys goes, duh. The next thing you hear is click, click. About four different machine guns, and they stop us again. So it took about an hour of talking before we got out of there. So making fun of somebody's not yeah, good there. Yeah, not good. Not when they have well, guns. Well, not when they have machine guns. Well, and... You know those guys with the guns? They got a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, yeah they got nothing Well, we yeah. also learned now hey. from this conversation that... Duh is an international word. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're ever somewhere want to insult somebody, duh. So it comes, yeah. So I mean, I, I tell you, I thought that was it. I thought we were done for. So it gets time, it's time to leave. So we get back to Port-au-Prince, and we're supposed to leave that next morning. Well, the government, while we were out in the middle of the country doing this, the government got overthrown while we were there. So our plane that was supposed to leave that next morning, they had a bomb threat on, so it couldn't leave. So wow. it took like two days later before we ever flew out of there. And we get to the airport, and I mean, all the military's there with machine guns. I mean, right. just, I mean, back then, I'm 19, and, you know, we're not used to, you know, it was a hairy little steel yeah, there, let me tell you. Ain't nothing so. worse than a machine gun hit hanging at you. Oh, no, 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 but we made it back. But, uh, yeah, don't say duh <laughs> after you've crossed a military checkpoint in a third world country. You've crossed the line then. Yeah, you've crossed the line. Because in French or Haitian or whatever, it's still duh. Yeah, so the language, the language, in, the language in Haiti is Creole, which is a mixture of English, French, 
just a Spanish so a little redneck. bit. Of, yeah, it's the redneck version. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so duh, they understood. Duh, they understood real good. Duh real well. So that was that story. So Dwayne, your turn. I'm going to give you two. I'll give you the good and the bad. We'll start with the good first. It was another motorcycle trip, and this was, I don't know, it's been 10 years ago. A friend of mine called Ryan. He's one of our Texas listeners. He calls, hey, we're going out west. Me and my dad are riding out west. And he was in South Carolina at the time. You want to go? And I'm like, uh, Dodie, I need to leave for nine days. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so we head out. So it's on a motorcycle, and my first motorcycle was a totaled motorcycle that I towed in. It had 190,000 miles on it. I rolled over 200,000 on this trip, but I left Indiana, met them in Chattanooga, I think, and we headed west. And his dad at the time was probably... So it, to, just to stop you for a moment, oh. if our listeners have listened to all our podcasts... You'll know that his first car was a totaled car. Yes, I, there's so, there's a pattern. <laughs> so now his first motorcycle was a total motorcycle. Yes, there, there's a pattern to my vehicle He's stuff. A fixer. All right, I'm a carry fixer, on. Yes. So anyway, so we meet down there, and so we start heading west, and uh, and I'll never forget. I think it was the the second day. First first day we stay we went so far. We just hey, we're gonna stop here. Let's get a night. Second day we're riding out. And my buddy Ryan, you know, and I'm riding all day, and we're getting tired. It's hot. It's windy. It's just brutal riding. And his dad is, I think, in his 70s then or close to it, 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 much older than we were. And my buddy goes, hey, you know, when do you want to stop? And I'm like, dude, I'm not stopping till your dad says it's time to stop. I'm not going to be the one who wimps out. So when he's, you know, we'll ride till he says we ride. So the second day, I think we rode 900 and some miles. Wow just to trying to get out there so you know but we That's ended up yeah we rode well my trip the total trip was 4,027 miles in seven days that's wow. what we rode but we rode all the way out west we rode down through texas across texas headed north up into colorado and and again this was another this was before my wife and i's no plan trip we had nothing planned not one hotel anywhere so it was just a matter of We'd sit, you know, all right, we're stopping for the night, get out our phones, find a hotel somewhere. One night we stayed on Route 66 at some little hotel that was part of Route 66 back in the day. And it was this cool little place, but middle of nowhere, you know, and we'd sit there that night, though. And, okay, tomorrow we're going to kind of head this direction and we'll head up this road and we're going to go in this town. And then, you know, middle end of the afternoon, we'd kind of think about, you know, where's going to be our next day. So, you know, that's where we'd be our next day and then we did the whole trip that way and um just i mean but just it was so amazing and just so fun and the first this is middle of june one of the passes we rode through going to vale colorado um, and first time i've rode in snow so we went through uh, we stopped in silverton little town there and and, and i mean it was a great trip but it was also sad in a way because this was about the time that people stop driving you know jeff said you got to drive places well everybody used to drive somewhere where the gas prices were high these towns were shut down i mean nobody was traveling by car anymore so all these little tourist towns nobody was driving through them anymore but anyway we stay in silverton we head out of silverton and we start heading up the mountains and this is june middle of june and we start heading up the mountains and all of a sudden it's snow you know the roads are clear but there's snow everywhere so i'm like i gotta pull over so i pull over take pictures and so we go riding but we're ended up we're we're headed to Vail, Colorado. We're riding through twenty seven foot snowdrifts. On motorcycles. We're on our motorcycles. Roads clear, 
but there's 27 foot snowdrift wow. right that we're going through and they just cleared those roads the week before we went we got to the top of the mountain and uh, we got out parked and we went to, to, to the overlook and as we're walking out the sign that tells you what the elevation you're on was where our feet were we're walking on the snow that's on the top of the sign on top of the sign basically you see the top of the sign there wow. and we're you know looking at these overlooks and it was just i mean just an amazing trip amazing. but on the way home nice. you know we zigzagged through colorado just i mean just it was one of those epic trips you know you never forget but on our way home we're coming we went down the south side and we decided we're going to come back to the north side so we went through sturgis and you know south dakota we're heading across the top and um the year we came back was the year of the floods through iowa and stuff so <clears throat> the one night as it happens we stopped in this little town there's a little diner there we got a room to stay and we're talking to the lady at the diner and food is really cheap i mean like unbelievable all you could eat cheap eating for like five bucks or something and and we're like what's going on and like oh we're gonna flood the town tomorrow and i'm like what and like oh yeah the army corps engineers come in and said they're flooding the town tomorrow so the bar next door is half 50 cent beers and dollar dollar <laughs> mixture i mean it was just nuts and we're like are you serious she's like yeah how much you guys you want to eat just as much as you want to eat we'll feed you because it's all ruined tomorrow and we're like okay so we ate our mix we go to the bar next door and you know we we had a few drinks and but it was literally place was packed and it was pretty much giving alcohol and food away just it's either going to get there or ruined so we get done get on our bike and we head out of town and and behind us the next day i checked the news they flooded the town they released the released the water and flooded this little town that we were just in but we're riding our bikes you know riding motorcycles back and there's literally water on both sides of the interstate as we're coming back and we're just like i mean this was wow you, you didn't see it on the news but i mean just all the things we saw on that trip it was just a just incredible but you right. know the beauty and destruction and just all of it wow. but seven days of non-stop riding pretty much i mean we rode morning till night every day but you know it was rough but it was also you know a great trip awesome, but, uh, awesome. that was one of my good trips are you are you ready for the worst trip i think we're ready for the worst trip all right so we had a this is a racing trip which we had some we had some amazing racing trips and we had a couple not so amazing so we had this racing trip my son-in-law was going to race in the dome in st louis uh, he's going to go out there with his modified and we had to try to make the show and so we decided we've got two grandbabies and so we're the whole family's going out and we're going to rent this house so oh one grandbaby at the time yeah i forgot one <clears throat> one, one here and one on the way so Dodie, my wife, she gets on one of like the air, whatever, the, we're renting a house. So we find this house. It's gorgeous. You know, all this and that. Everything's great. And gated community, it tells us. Fenced in. We're locked where you can park your car in. And we're like, oh, this is this must be awesome. You know, and the pictures were just phenomenal. So we're like, wow, this is, this is great. So let's go. So we pack up food. So, and it's literally two blocks from the race from the dome so we're thinking well we can walk back and forth we can go home have lunch we'll save all this money the kids you know the grandbaby can relax michelle can relax you know and because she's pregnant at the time so we get there and we drop the car to race car at the trailer at the track and we're getting things settled up and my wife and my daughter head to the house and i get the phone call you need to get over here and i'm like oh no what the, you know what could yeah. be going on and we have a car full of food you know we went shopping so we've sure. got a week's full of food so i go jogging through this three blocks to get to this house and it's not as pretty as in the picture 
the gated community, yes, it's gated, but we don't have access to it. We're not allowed to go in it. So we go in the house. My daughter's furious. I walk in the front door. There's a needle laying on the floor. The place was filthy. So we go, we go upstairs, and Alan, one of our previous episodes, was talking about the wiring he was doing. The wiring in this house, there was lights hanging by the wires. The flooring was just installed, and there was probably quarter-inch to half-inch gaps in the hardwood flooring. They ran, yeah, they ran out of board, so I guess they just figured they'd space, space it. Space, 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 yes. <laughs> I guess they figured over time, dirt would fill it in and it sure. would be a solid surface sure. again. Yeah. So and my grandson's running around and he's leaving tracks everywhere because there's it's just filthy. So my daughter's, you know, pregnant and emotional. So she's just furious. I'm just aggravated as much as anything. My wife's mad. So I get on the phone, call the place up and they, oh, we're going to send the cleaning lower. It was just clean. Okay, sure. So the cleaning lady shows up. And she comes in. She goes, I just cleaned this place. I'm like, what did you flip and clean? I said, there's needles on the floor, you know, in the front oh. door. Well, in the meantime, my son had went down into the basement where his room was. The basement door had been kicked in four times at least. Yeah. Door jams busted out. You can see where they've just nailed it shut now. It's not. It's no longer a functional door. It's nailed shut. So the lady, the cleaning lady comes in and one of the stories we got out of her was some gentleman rented the house the day before for a couple hours for a massage. Oh, needless to say, they brag about that. She was telling us this, and the beds weren't made. Oh wow! From the previous oh, day's God. massage, and oh, it was just like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so. We finally, I'm telling him, look, you know, I'm not staying here. This isn't safe. And then, and you could see the neighborhood we were in wasn't what we were advertised for. So we said, we, we just leave, we pack up our stuff and we get back over and we go, we're back over at the, at the, the dome and I'm trying to figure out what to do. I've, you know, I've got sons trying, son-in-law's trying to race. I got wife, kids, grandbabies. So I'm talking to some guys there and at the racetrack, and they're like, yeah, where, you know, where are you staying? I said, hey, we're staying right over there. He goes, are you crazy? And I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, we're, we're trying to find our way out of there. And he's like, I told him I jogged over there. And he's like, and you didn't get shot? And I'm like, well, no, I'm still standing. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's one of the highest crime rates in St. Louis is right that neighborhood. He goes, I'm surprised we haven't heard any gunshots yet. He goes, we really need to stay on this side of the trailer so in case the shots do go off, we don't get hit by a straight bullet. I'm like, oh, my God, what the heck? And you're staying right across the street. Oh, yeah, we were staying just yeah. right in this. And we had no idea. You know, and Well, you don't assume that based right. on the way we Live well, in the way that was advertised to us right. as this beautiful place. Right. Well, thank goodness we met these guys, and they they were from St. Louis, and they're like, no, you, you need to go down here and go down the exit, two exits, get off here. And So literally, we did. We went to a big box store somewhere, bought some coolers and ice, and we're having to ice right. a week's worth of food down and put it in our hotel room. So now we're in two hotel rooms instead of a house, and... <laughs> Oh yeah, so it was a it was an adventuresome week and a moody a moody pregnant daughter with a grandbaby and and a drug infested house. Oh my god! I mean, it's you know when the lady said the gentleman rented it for a couple hours for a massage, I was thinking, are you serious, lady? Wow! Come on! Wow! Mm -mm. 
That was my worst trip. I didn't almost die. You didn't like almost you, die, but that is pretty bad. Yes. I mean, the needles on the floor and yeah, it was just kind of like, what are you? Oh. We've come a long way since then. Yes, we have. All of us. <laughs> you guys got anything else to add about good and bad trips? We could go all night. Oh, I know I we could. Yeah. We could. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, I was thinking today, well, here's one, here's one. And, you know, as everybody's talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got this one here right, and this right. one here and this one here. Well, I, you know, to recoin on what Jeff said, I just, I've been blessed with it, to be able to do a lot of road trips. And and uh, I, I encourage everybody, man, go out and see America. Don't don't take it for granted. Don't fly everywhere, man. Get in a car. Yeah, go, go to hit the road. Hit yeah, the it's, road. Like, it's like, you know, Wayne talking about Dwayne and, and, and Dodie doing their motorcycle trips. You know, you're gonna see stuff. You can't. You're not gonna. You're not gonna no. get those experiences no. flying over top. You'll no. meet people yeah. and meet people, right? And and, uh, and, and you just get. Um, you know, there's so many little odd stories in the process. You know, and you gotta so. have a time to talk and laugh. And you know, I remember uh, Jeff's wife Robin along, and I said. We we're talking about going on a trip. I said, "Don't don't forget, guys. We always got to see the cheese stuff too, right? Yeah, the cheese. You know, the big bowl of wine. <laughs> I got to see the cheese." Yeah. And Robin's like, "She's out googling on there looking for the cheese. Like, hey, here's this going on. What about this place? It's cheesy." Well, we you just <laughs> we just did a trip a couple of years ago. It was it wasn't a motorcycle? It was a car. But we flew into San Antonio, spent the night there, and we just took off through Texas. Oh, it's great. We stopped at this little antique store, spent the afternoon there talking to this lady, and we did bought new, a couple we did of things. New Hampshire, yeah. We went to, I, I traveled, I was a hog hunting out there a few years back and I'm into hit miss engines and everybody all knows, but I saw these engines on this road. So we made a trip to this road and I couldn't talk to the guy that owns it. So we went down the street, this little deli gas station, go in there and I'm just saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm trying to see who owns this place. Oh, my boyfriend works for the owner of that. Let me call him real quick. Right. And I mean, this lady doesn't know me for right. Adam. She picks up her phone. She calls her boyfriend. She says, Hey, there's this guy here who wants to talk to the owner. Here, hold on a minute. She hands me the phone. So I'm talking to her boyfriend. I'm going, Hey, yeah, I would like to see those engines down the street and just talk to them. I, oh, yes. Within 15 minutes, we got a meeting set with the guy that owns all these engines. And we're out in the middle of living nowhere texas so we drive down the street these two old guys show up turns out their dad was an old oil rigger right owned all these oil rigs they take us in their barn they're showing us all this stuff there's a um uh, an oil rigging truck in there that was in two john wayne movies that their dad used to furnish all these old movies with all the equipment right and this old truck sitting in there i mean we're hearing the stories and these guys are just telling us these stories and they're they're probably in their mid late seventies. Nicest guys, but when we first met them, you could see they were a little, little set back and didn't know who we were. But after we just started bullcrap and kind of like we sit yeah, here and talk, they just we had to, they had to find out you were okay. Yeah, and you know, wouldn't sell me a darn engine now. God darn it, yeah. everyone, I'm gonna fix that one up one of these days. Yeah. Oh yeah, come yeah, on, buddy. Right, yeah. right. We all oh, know some of those. We all know some of those. Absolutely. <laughs> So, once again, it's been a fun time. Uh, in fact, Jeff polished off a bottle of Red Breast Single Pot Still Irish Whiskey. It's yeah. Father's years. Day present. Okay, well, yeah, let's my, get a quality review my, on that. My, so, yeah. My, uh, my son, uh, who currently lives in uh, Salt Lake City, sent that to me for Father's Day. So, let's finish that off. So, yeah, I'm probably the first time I've had Irish whiskey and. That's supposedly some really pretty good stuff, but I'm a bourbon guy. So, 
So Mark, if you're so Mark, yeah, um, yeah, just uh, send him some it bourbon. Was good. Next yeah. Father's Day, no Irish good. whiskey. It mixes. Know. It mixes quite well, but as far as just. Yeah. Uh, Drinking it on ice, it, that doesn't quite work like good bourbon. It's not that wilderness trail. It sure ain't that. Yeah. Okay. So we've had a blast here tonight. What we for, what we did not say when we started is that today is September 11th. Yes. So just a shout out to, you know, all the folks that, that perished and all the folks that helped. And um, in, the, in this day and age, we try to not be political on this, this podcast, but... This is what I, I want to say. Everybody needs to stop and look back at what happened on September 11th and see how it brought this country together. Uh, some of the things going on now, um, unfortunately, those folks are forgot about what happened then. And that's what leaves the country open for that kind of stuff to happen again. Right. So that's, that's as, as political as I'll get on this podcast uh, but, you know, everybody needs to pray for the country, um, pray for the folks that were involved in 9-11, and spe- you know, especially the families that were affected and uh, families and lives that were lost. So. Amen. Well, if I can add into that, I think, you know, for this group here, I bet every one of us can remember where, what, where we were at and what we were doing when we heard yes. what was going on. Yes. And... Um, yeah, so you know, kind of before this podcast, uh, at home had the History Channel on, and and you know, it was a it was a bit of talking about people that were in the towers when all that was going That's, on and survived getting out, and just the absolute heroics that were going on. That you know, us sitting out here in Indiana and Cincinnati, and you know, near Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, as terrified as we were to imagine what those people were going through in those buildings at those moments. And, uh, and, and we just got to remember that, um, forever. Yeah. And I want to remember the humanity that came out of the American people. Absolutely. Because people came together. It was amazing. And we went for days with not a violent crime committed. Well, it was more than that. We went for days with unity. Unity. Absolutely. Uh, And it's here's what's, so I will get political. Here's what's a shame. It took a tragedy where oh, over 3,000 people died for people to wake up and say, we're one nation, we're one country, Absolutely. and we need to be united. Absolutely. So the simplest statement I, I've heard or, or could say was, we need, to, we need to be like we were on September 12th. Right. You know, you don't forget September 11th, but we need to be where we were on September 12th. That's a good point. You know, I, I as you said, I remember I, I was at my shop at, when we were listening to Bob and Tom on the radio, and they went silent and said, hey, something's going on. We turned the TV on, and my phone didn't ring at my garage for a month. Yeah. Yeah. You so know, and it was a... That's before social media was... So, yeah. You right. Know, right. Facebook right. wasn't even around then. I think no. MySpace may have started... Uh, well, I remember, you know, actually, I was talking about the History Channel interviews that they were doing, and one of the guys that was in the tower mentioned something about somebody in the stairwell as they were trying to work their way down out of those towers was referencing what she, what information she was getting on her BlackBerry, and yeah. he didn't know what that was. Right. Yeah. And, it can, and so he was. He said, "I was confused because I'm like, what? What can you get off your phone?" Yeah. Right. See, and and that really and that's was how, that, that's where Blackberry we were. Was the thing. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't just the blackberries. That was when in, the internet 
really started doing the live, right. the streaming stuff. You know, before you could get documents right. and things and pictures, but you could actually get the news streaming, and, right. and that's really. You know, a couple of years prior to that's really when all that you started. That was in yeah. his infancy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, I mean, a, a lot of things have changed, obviously. Sure. Um, some for the better and some for the worse. Uh, you know, unfortunately, social media, and, and we're, and I'll be honest, we, we all get on social media. We're part of it But now. it gets so misconstrued, and you don't know what's real, what's not. Um, you know, I, I, I saw something very scary from the ceo of i think you sent it to me the ceo of facebook yes and if that doesn't scare everybody right about control that's right and you don't understand that's right right so that's enough of our political and that's all talk. we have to say about yes. that and that's right. all we got to say about that forced <laughs> uh so anyway uh first of all lastly we'd like to thank all our listeners um once again, we've gained a lot more listeners. Um, I was trying to look while we were talking. Uh, yesterday alone, uh, we had 167 downloads. So we're in tons more countries, and, and we've picked up a state that we didn't have before. Oregon now. Oregon. Hey, shout out Oregon. You, you know, yeah. while you're saying that, while we're thanking people, let's thank the firefighters out on the, out on the West Coast. Oh, my Absolutely. gosh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Think those, about those, those uh, And the people. <clears throat> those guys fighting those fires are just, it's wow. just uh, absolutely crazy out there with those guys. And, and wow. so prayers to them. Yes, I heard a thing today. Half of the state of Oregon has been told to evacuate. Half of the state. I just, I mean, when you think about, I mean, that's, it's beyond comprehension is that yeah. when half of a state has been told to so evacuate. Oregon, so, well, it's just not that, so Oregon, so th- this map with our downloads is pretty, so here's the size of Ohio and Indiana. There's Oregon. So you're talking about a state about the size of our two states. Combined. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And yes, it is a lot of, uh, Open area. Open area, but you still, half the state has been asked to leave well, to evacuate. So Oregon is a gem of the United States, too, and it's, you know, yep. it falls right in that lines of one of the most beautiful states out there. Right. So yeah. I'll tell you what, we've had a good time tonight. We've been a little somber here at the end, but for good reason. Absolutely. We're all right. patriotic and we love where we live, and we think about everybody out there uh, fighting to keep, you know, everybody's safe so for cross the line 1524 i'm alan stanger with dwayne bischoff jeff montag and reuben hunt and we'll see you next time i tell you what we had a great time talking about some of our memories of good and bad road trips vacations uh you know there's probably thousands of more combined that we could come out with you know some of them were good some of them were bad but they're all great memories a couple quick things. We're now available on Amazon Music. They have a podcast uh, section now. So just ask Alexa to play Cross the Line 1524 and we'll pop up. A uh, couple other things, if you would, if you listen to us and like us, you know, give give us a like on whatever episode you're listening to. And give us a five-star rating, if you would, on whatever app you use. That just helps promote our podcast more than the higher the rating, uh, the more noticeable it is on search engines. So that's how we get our word out there, who we are, what we do, and we have a great time. We'd like to thank you guys, the listeners, for that. Anyone local to the Brookville area, we will be in uh, Brookville on October 24th uh, recording our podcast at Crazy Dogs Pub and Grub. So come on out. It'll be a good time. Uh, we're going to have some giveaways, some prizes, and we've got some merchandise coming out. So 
It's, it's a fun time for us. We are one of the fastest growing podcasts in America, and uh, we thank you, the listener, for that. So for Dwayne Bischoff, Ruben Hunt, Jeff Montag, I'm Alan Stanger, and you've been listening to Cross the Line 1524. Pay no attention to the bottle, song.